Hi, and welcome to Y2K Group Chat. This is a series about how artists navigate through their practice and a behind-the-scenes look into their lives. Y2K Group is an art agency and advisory focused on supporting emerging artists in New York and beyond. Tamin Perez is an emerging artist from Costa Rica living and working in New Haven, Connecticut. She will be completing her MFA at Yale School of Art in 2021. Past exhibitions include Host, Stadium, Berlin, No Natural Disaster, Horse and Pony Fine Arts, Berlin, Ebb Bailey, Tom and Perez, Main Street, Toronto. Y2K Group will have an upcoming solo exhibition with Tom in the fall. The following podcast episode was recorded in mid-August 2020. Enjoy. Hello? Hey, you hear us? Hi. Uh- can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yay, success. What's up? <laughs> yeah, we're pretty good. Hi, now I can hear you. Hi, Tommen. How are you? Cool. What's up? Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I literally, like, five minutes before that got some manga in the mail. So I was like, well, I'll just flip through these. <laughs> uh, but How's it going? Um, It's going good. Got wind that we'll be in the studios on the 24th. So that's like really good news. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So, what have you been doing um, during this time? Or have you been just, oh, not just, but like have you, you know, been working from home or kind of treating your home as a studio? Yeah. So, we, so I haven't had access to my studio for the last like six months. Um, and that's been hard, especially because, like, well, I mean, because <laughs> it's weird, but also, um, yeah, I guess because to a certain degree, I'm, like, still in school, so, like, don't want to stop making work, you know? Like, yeah. like the like when you're, like, working out or, like, training for a marathon or something and you, like, stop and then it's, like, harder to start again or something. Um, so I've been trying to, as much as I can, like keep up a studio practice in my apartment in New Haven. Um, and what else have I been up to? I've been reading a ton, gone through books that have been on my reading list for like years. Oh, wow. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try, just trying to sort it out, trying to sort everything out. Did, did, did a lot of like activism, I guess. Uh, Towards the beginning of the summer, I guess we all did probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then also with the school, like I guess trying to reimagine what um, the program's going to look like now. I guess. <laughs> Have they um, given you any sort of uh, like an update on what that would be? Them being Yale. The school that I'm attending. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so we'll have some kind of hybrid structure and we'll be back in our studios. Everyone got tested. Everyone's getting tested. I got tested uh, and I don't have COVID. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I think we'll, ha- we'll be able to have like one-on-one studio visits and the largest number of people present in a crit possible are 25. So, um, so there's like, we're working hard to keep those aspects of the program that are like, it's so intrinsic to visual arts, <laughs> which yeah. is like, you know, uh, to like a visual arts studio program, um, to really, yeah, you know, make the most of it, I guess. Yeah. How was it like leading up to, um, you know, being told not to come in, like, what was that? How was that challenging? And how were you able to, I guess, like, kind of, uh, you know, again, bring your practice to home or and work from home? I guess we went home, like, for I went to Costa Rica for spring break. Oh, okay. And then and then they That's told us, from, like, correct? Yes. 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 And my family is there. And wow. um, the school told us, like, bring you know, take essentials that like from your studio in case you, in case we might need to close the studios for like two weeks or something when you get back. And then once we were out there, I think that's when like New York started getting really intense. And, um, and so we like 
brushed back and um and then we just basically haven't been back to the studio since i mean we've we've had like yeah i you know like we can go in for a day and like bring things we need them and stuff that's good so it wasn't like complete removed from the studio like there was you still have access to go back just to get your like specific things that you might have forgotten yeah 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 yeah, exactly i got a bunch of canvas i keep like i fortunately i guess um realized like i didn't like like my practice is relatively minimal um in terms of materials so yeah uh, i have a projector <laughs> i have a <laughs> my partner I, we're living together because he lives in new york normally but then he came up here and um he has a bunch of screens so we have a bunch of screens going and Aww. yeah it's actually been nice in that way and he makes music so it's like we work on stuff kind of together and that's oh, also nice. been been nice to not not be alone through this oh yeah absolutely that's so cool that you guys like collaborate can you explain how that how that operates him you know like you're saying is a musician i believe and um you're an artist or well painter um but you know how does that um intersect um well i just love music so much <laughs> and, you know no like um i realized like maybe some some time ago like that i was like honest with myself and kind of like let myself like be able to say that music really inspires my work and and be okay with that and not have to like over intellectualize that or kind of like you know so I it's just I've been listening to music all my life I don't play music myself but I've been like you know going to shows listening to music all my life uh there's a lot of common ground and um yeah we did a we d- he helped me do my first like audio play nice. <laughs> with um <clears throat> with uh, these friends in Berlin who did a radio show um during quarantine and uh I was reading some of Rachel Carson's writings from uh the sea around us and he he made some like ambient whaley sounds <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. so that was cool because I, I don't I don't think I would have been able to do that. I mean, maybe I could, but you know, it's nice it just when someone helps you. When someone's like really, really good at that. Yeah, nice. That's so cool. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What about you guys? What's it? What's it been like for you? I guess we. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm trying to think. We um, had a studio visit, I think, right like right oh before. Gosh, yeah, it was, it was like right February before. or yeah. something, mid February. Um, yeah. yeah, it feels like last year already or something. Oh my God. Yeah. I was like mid, mid some new paintings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We got to see your amazing studio and, um, your, your awesome work and, and it was, yeah, it was a really cool experience. I think we opened a show, you know, around, around that time, actually like mid February. We actually had just like a regular opening at that time, and and then it all. Oh was, no way! Yeah, cool. and um, it seemed okay. You know, there were kind of inklings of, you know, more more cases and stuff, and we were, you know, unsure what was going to happen. And um, yeah, we had the show open, I think, for like a week, and then everything started happening really fast, and. Um, yeah, then we kind of just had to, you know, we kept, we kept it up, but, um, yeah, we couldn't we didn't like, have, have open any hours open hours anymore. or anything, and um, everything kind of just stopped at that point. But then, um, yeah, it's kind of uh, crazy to, like, look back at it now, but uh, it was, like, <laughs> a little scary here, and then we, like, stocked up on some food, you know, and um, out like really unsure what was gonna happen then it like totally locked it down so we were just in here in the yeah. in our apartment um and yeah it was a little scary at first but i think we kind of got used to it a little bit and yeah so, so what have we been up to matthew that was the question yeah well <laughs> i mean the thing was no. is that the, <laughs> the thing was is that um Everything's kind of a, everything's kind of roundabout. I feel, and I feel like yeah. hindsight is also 
funny because time is just kind of a weird thing now. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. The days kind of just overlap. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, I mean, there it, it was kind of funny to see like some some places, even in New York and like LA as well, we're still putting shows on. And I thought that was kind of bizarre, you know, like in March and April. And we were like, what's, that's strange. And um, so anyway, it's like, well, we should probably, you know, do something. And, you know, we, we were kind of doing some more online um, shows and stuff beforehand, um, or at yeah. least a viewing room. <laughs> and, um, you know, when all the galleries shut down, it was interesting to see how um, everyone had to kind of grasp these uh, online strategies, like, right away. That, like, you know, you could see, like, all these other industries were doing the last, like, 20 years. <laughs> and I don't yeah, know, the art, the art world was, like, <laughs> so slow in the way it does business that it was then everyone, you know, created, like, a viewing room. <laughs> online and whatnot so we, we were like okay well we wanted to do kind of like a show like that so that's how we came up with the y2k now and then yeah and then also we just like wanted to um you know have it more as like a benefit as well and not just like this yeah. kind of um kind of out of the blue sale in a way um, yeah, no, but it, but I think that's awesome of you guys because it also like helps the artists. Yeah, and okay. and it helps people in your community. So that's like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, definitely. It was like we were like we're trying to figure out who would be the best to like, um, you know, raise money for you know locally where we live, so it have more of an impact. And yeah, and then also we were just like, yeah, you know wanted to find something to help out the artist right away as well. So yeah, we did that. And then now we're, you know, we were slowly planning out, you know, this fall and like next year. Um, yeah. I mean, it's basically like the shows we had like earlier this spring were kind of just moved to the fall pretty much. So yeah, now we're like thinking about next year, but, um, yeah, that's kind of like what we're where we're at right now. Learning to pivot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it feels like yeah, it feels kind of weird right now because I feel like everyone got all their planning done or like maybe not all their planning done, but you know, like we're just like okay, we're ready, but like we just gotta keep waiting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's been it's good. We're having we're opening a show in September, and uh, we I mean I didn't want to do anything in during the summer obviously so um we think that like hopefully in september not that it'll get any better but you know having appointment only a show or yeah or, or like limited hours i think it definitely will it's, it's, it's super interesting the the like the problem specifically of the visual arts <laughs> with that uh, um yeah and i think it's made us all like think about that <laughs> and miss and miss that kind of uh yeah so i'm miss so sorry it. yeah you were saying earlier i apologize but uh about uh you know making work from home and so i kind of wanted to like talk about that and, and see how like how your work is developing at home versus you know being in your studio like has the scale changed how's the has like the um the subject matter has that changed um, maybe in some ways, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, uh, I think self-consciousness for me personally that came sometimes with being in the studio in a new space, uh, that just like takes a while, you know, like it's, it's never quite as like home or something. Um, so definitely I think, I mean, I don't know. It's also really hard to say that I that that like that I've been able to focus and like keep working as I was, you know, because um, I don't I don't think that I necessarily have. 
Um, I am no scale. I'm missing the studio. I was working on small paintings and, um, I've stretched like a couple of, I've been like struggling with one small painting, but have made actually several, several large paintings that I'm looking forward to, um, having more space to look at and to play around with different ways to install them. So for now, my apartment's just kind of like really funny looking. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and maybe, maybe there's, Maybe maybe it's more personal in certain ways, or maybe I guess I've also ha haven't been feeling the pressure of uh, having to show anything uh, to anyone, and that's also been nice for like a few months. Well, it just feels swampy, oh. <laughs> you know. It feels like my mind feels swampy. My like. I don't know. I feel like there's moments of like studio clarity and moments of like studio swampy when you just have to really like work through things and like materially try stuff out um, before like things kind of get clear or you can like curate some kind of like more formalized thing. Um, like I said, I, I, I'm trying to just not lose my strings. You know what I mean? Not like, not like drop the stuff, the ideas that I was working with and stuff. And that's been good. Um, I love how you compared uh, working and, and practicing and, and um, painting specifically to uh, working out how it's a muscle that you need to uh, continue to do in order to like not, you know, not lose the momentum. I, I don't know how it works. Yeah, you know, I think like with art, it's like, oh my god, how does you have to figure out how it works for you? I don't know how it works for other painters, but for me, it's like, it's definitely. I mean, sometimes taking a break is also really good because then you come out with like a lot of like outpour. Um, but but I guess like I I do have like a longer term set project or something or some idea of a culmination because I'm working towards like a thesis in the spring uh, or early January, I guess. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, try I'm trying to like let, you know, I'm just kind of like thinking about it in the longer term. Oh, absolutely. So uh, the books that you're reading, do you mind uh, sharing a few of them? And um, is that also related to your thesis? Yeah, of course. Um, well, for our program, actually, we were asked to read Tianga, what's her middle name? And Taylor Nahat? Yama, Yamahata? I don't know. Yamahati, Yamahati yeah. Taylor, yeah, yeah, from Black Lives to Black from Black Lives Matter to Black Liberation, and Susan Sontag's On Pain, which our, uh, on, regarding the pain of others, uh, which were nice assignments uh, by our faculty. Um, and then I also, for my part, had been wanting to read this book called The Many-Headed Hydra um, for years, which is about transatlantic slave trade and, and, and kind of the history of labor in the Atlantic uh, and sailors and uh, pirates and that kind of stuff. And then I also read C.L.R. James, or I, I'm, I'm reading C.L.R. James's uh, The Black Jacobins, finally. Um, I've been meaning to read for a long time. It's about the Haitian Revolution. Uh, and then I read a ton of, you know, those free archives that were the, uh, that were like circulating about re revolutionary texts written by, Afri by people of color. No, you, I, I did didn't you ever get, get one of those drive emails or links or whatever? I think for a while there were fire and I don't know if you can hear it. Oh yeah. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I read like a ton of history of Afro-Caribbean uh, Costa Rica and the relationship of Costa Rica and the West Indies and the French Indies. And I don't know. I read a lot about the Caribbean, I guess. Nice. Um, yeah, wow. 
Yeah. Were you familiar with some of these subjects beforehand, especially what you were saying about um, Afro-Caribbean and um, you live, you being from Costa Rica, is that something that was part of your, um, I guess, something that you learned when you were younger or just you always... No, this is, this is super, no, it, no, it, it, um, it's not taught in, in Costa Rica in the school system. And I went to a private American school where I learned more like U.S. history and European history than I did uh, about like the Caribbean. Uh, So like I would learn some things about like, you know, oh, yeah, the plantation, Mm -hmm. the the, the banana plantation era or something. And I like, you know, you you grow up around it. So you you experience it in a different way. I lived in Costa Rica until I was 19. Um, and it's a pretty small country. Like you can literally drive from the Atlantic to the Pacific, uh, in a day. And, um, so it's, it's more like you're just, you're, you're, you're immersed in it. You're immersed in all of this like colonial history. Um, and so it, uh, it feels, I think, I don't know. It's like the more you read about it, the more kind of either clear or confusing things become. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and I guess in relation specifically to relate that to like my studio work is kind of roundabout, but also not, um, for the same reason that it's like connected to my, my experience and my, um, like environment growing up. Um, but also because of thinking it's helpful, it's been helpful for me to think through like strategies of resistance and uh, different kinds of theoretical frameworks or methodologies that like have had a successful like impact on against like oppression or uh, colonial violence, you know, heteropatriarchal colonial violence. Uh, <laughs> uh, so kind of, yeah, that's kind of the way I, re- so maybe it's not like immediately related. Um, and then let's see. And then I also, and then more aesthetically maybe related also politically, but more abstractly politically as the manga that I got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the Japanese uh, comic book. Right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So one is one is like a old horror called the Drifting Classroom, and I got into it because we were watching this these documentaries that are on YouTube. I'll link them to you because yeah, they're please. amazing on like Junji Ito and Moto Hagio and all these like amazing legends. And they talked about this one author that was like. This, he is one of our biggest like horror inspirations. So I went on eBay and got one. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then I got this other one, this Moto Hagio, who's like, she's. Do you know? Do you know her work? She's like. Um, yeah, and, I haven't heard. No, no, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't she really. She does this. She does this very dreamy, dreamy, like bright-eyed style like long hair princesses and it's like and she's like 70 now but she like still you know produced like thousands and thousands and thousands of volumes of manga that are i think it's called what is it show shonen is the boys and show i forget which one is what but this kind of like dreamy romance genre and some of it is pretty queer and like edgy but it's like really pastel so kind of just blends. Uh, <laughs> pretty nice. It's amazing. So, do you? Does some of your inspiration come from from the manga uh, mangas that you read? Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely. I think the print, I love the print quality, and I guess I've been working a lot with um, doing color separations and halftone patterns. So, so it's really interesting to me to look at these drawings and techniques that like people develop to draw so fast and to be reproducible so quickly. Um, and then there's also like the ones that are just 
beautiful drawing watercolor masterpieces that um are super inspiring because they're kind of like shamelessly beautiful (laughs) um and that's like what they're made for um yeah and then the horror the horror i really like um i don't maybe i don't know specifically why (laughs) but i guess I'm, i'm entertained by it a lot (laughs) it's awesome can you talk about your work specifically and and, um what types of uh like uh materials you use and um and how I guess these like inspirations and these different elements in your background I guess that's a lot of stuff but like how that comes in to the work yeah no that makes sense um well, I think that's what I was trying to say earlier when I said that um, that my work was pretty like minimal. I didn't mean like like minimalism. I meant um, like generally, I've kind of just been working with very thin fabric and paint and really watered down acrylic. Um, and I haven't even been stretching painting. I'm also like super traditional painter and kind of like. Um, you know, made paintings on stretchers for the past like decade or something. So, so I'm like, I am not even using stretchers anymore. <laughs> as though, as though it's like a really radical thing. But for me, it feels kind of, I've been doing a lot of staining like back and forth, um, both sides. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to install some work that I'm doing that's double sided. So I usually, have some way of transferring this kind of all this kind of information that's floating around me onto the canvas or the whatever surface I'm if I'm doing a drawing or if I'm doing um and I think about different methods of like reproducibility so sometimes but I try not to put not to have any rules or limits or seriality in a way that um to sort of stubbornly kind of deny uh um like a scientific method or like some kind of reasonable approach quote-unquote reasonable approach to art making um or rational approach to art making so that like I make one painting and then you make a series you know uh because there's like a logic or a development and I'm kind of trying to self-sabotage in that way to keep things being uh, to keep the work being like non-linear so the so so there's kind of lots of different styles of painting that I speak through I guess or that the paintings speak through um so some paintings will have some aspect that are that is um cartoony or half tone or borrows from a certain thing and then another might be like a more mimetic for example uh reproduction like painterly reproduction of a thing in front of me that i that i'm looking at and i'm painting or from a photograph or other times i'm projecting so there's different there's also different ways that i play with my removal Mm. and the removal of my voice um if that if that makes sense yeah yeah removal of artist hand exactly exactly so i can be really involved and really sensitive and really vulnerable or I can also like use this like another more poppy or quick language um and all of this to kind of try to form some some abstract hopeful challenge to uh to painting history and a history like I think my relationship also to the history of painting is complicated uh because because I'm not I don't I, I guess it started because I don't feel kind of like personally invited to the conversation you know what I mean um like I don't like like the history doesn't involve is not about a Central American woman uh the history of painting at all so um for me, it's it's important to really always have that kind of um, dogmatic history to push against and to to want to unsettle and to want to move around. That's great. I that think I think that's very necessary. 
especially now. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, yeah, that's what I meant. I think it's interesting. Um, Especially, well, because I'm surrounded by people who are kind of doing the same. So it's interesting to see like what sort of things in your practice like should be re-examined or not. Or I guess like it's just a deep time for introspection. I definitely understand. Do you mind sharing something that you, while being introspective, that you realized that you had to unlearn from your practice or from, you know? Um, I keep trying to unlearn everything I've learned. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, I've definitely tried to be a lot more carefree and work less in square formats. Um, so just not perfect shapes, which I guess I've been, that's kind of, I guess, thing I've been playing around with. Um, and I just did two really long paintings that I'm kind of excited mm-hmm. about. They're like, like a scroll <laughs> kind of style. Um, so that was new. And I think, I mean, I've been meaning to do that for for a bit, but, um, yeah, maybe like, maybe, maybe being in a moment where you're like, I'm so like sick of everything makes you take like leaps in your artwork because you're like I don't give a fuck about anything I'm gonna do this because whatever (laughs) yeah I also love how earlier you said that um not being in the studio and not having to because you don't have to necessarily show your work directly I'm assuming to um you know your cohort that I got the sense that you felt more free to do what you want to do and or experiment with what you're doing am I correct or did I misunderstand um, it? <laughs> no, I I just feel less self consciousness. Gotcha. Um, so so it's not like it's you know I don't know it's it's like I mean it's like probably a really subtle thing that like only I notice. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> but it's like those like deep private things where you like feel more comfortable at home than like mm-hmm. in an institution that's like meant to be intimidating or something. Oh, I understand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that like, you know, the architecture of the place is like stressful. So uh, like, it's like, it's, there's less, less chill there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So I wanted to um, maybe circle back around and talk about what your thoughts were getting out of undergrad and then I think you were living here in New York a little bit and then maybe like what made you decide to move to Berlin and then maybe your experiences as a young artist there and then sort of what made you decide to um, pursue grad school in the States? Well, I left, I, yeah, I left New York because I couldn't, stay in New York um because I I was in uh, I had a student visa Mm -hmm. uh and you only get a one-year extension option of your visa so I was able to stay in New York for a year and then that year I guess I met a lot of people um especially like I think Cooper Union kids who had done a semester abroad or like a year abroad in Berlin and we're like, we're going back to Berlin. Let's go to Berlin. It's super affordable there. <laughs> and um, and uh, and I fortunately loopholed a Spanish passport out of my Spanish grand like grandfather, my ancestry, even though I'm not European at all. Um, wow. Cool. <laughs> or if I am a part European, but um, so I. So I was able to live and work there, which is what I wasn't able to do in New York. And mm-hmm. Costa Rica is actually, San Jose is really expensive in, in a way. And um, and there's no kind of, I did live there for a year, but there is, there is there's there's very little kind of, um, I don't know. I guess I, I was having good conversations in, around around. I felt more stimulated 
in places where there was more going on. So yeah, I right. decided, so I decided to, that I had to be like, in a, that I have to be in a place where there is art uh, or where there are, where there's museums and where there's like, you know, more than 15 people interested in art or whatever. Um, and so I was able to move to Berlin and I was there actually for like eight, seven years which I had no idea ever in my life that that would happen or that I would like learn German or that, you know, that was a really kind of a leap of faith that I took, but, but also because I didn't feel like I had any other options. Like, you know, it's, I guess the options or the decisions have also come from a place of like, well, I know where that road goes and I don't want to go there. (laughs) So I'm just going to try something. Uh, so I moved to, when I moved to Berlin, I hadn't, I had never been there. Uh, I'd never been to Germany. Um, I, with a friend from undergrad, we like, uh, Google translated some like apartment, apartment, some angel like rented us an apartment for like 200 euro. Uh, and yeah and then you know and then you and then you start participating and you start making friends there and and then I did a residency and then I had a I was actually thinking about that because then in it like five or six years ago I also had my there was a while when I had where I was working out of my apartment in Berlin um like two years or something and today I was like well you, you know like I've done that before it's okay not ideal, but I've done it. Um, and then I got into a residency, the Berlin Program for Artists, um, that was run by Willem de Roy and Simon Denny and um, oh, wow. Angela Bullock. Uh-huh. And it was a it was a residency. It was in 2017, and we had it included a grant and weekly. You know, bi-monthly studio visits with like a bunch of different artists like every time basically a new artist (laughs) um and the requisite was that we that you had a studio and so that kind of forced me to get a studio again because I didn't want people coming to my apartment or like you know I just wanted to have that space separate so then once I got that studio and once I got into that program I kind of was able to get really serious about my painting again and give it the time and the effort that it requires. Um, and, and I, and being in an academic setting, like it had been, you know, like seven years since we graduated at that point. Um, and being in like some kind of academic setting with like, with more maturity, more work experience, different types of like art world vibes. Um, it, it really made me uh, want to go to a school, to a university um, where I could study. So it like doing that residency kind of like got me going and I was like, damn, I really just love learning. <laughs> Um, and definitely like want to go to a school where I can get more in depth with this and also making work in both of those in the context of the United States and then making work in the context of Europe I think taught me a lot about about who I am and my concerns with what I'm doing in my painting but also um I guess about how arbitrary and kind of funny the way that histories form and the way that hierarchies form, they're just kind of like stories that people tell each other and, and they're different here than they're there. And, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, And it challenges, it challenges you to do certain things differently and to, yeah, I guess grow. Um, Yeah. What was the um, the Berlin art scene like during the time you were you were there? Uh, I don't know. I I honestly <laughs> was I hung out a lot more with musicians. <laughs> 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 um, I yeah. I mean, um, 
Eb, Eb Bailey, maybe you remember them, uh, formerly known as Emma Bailey. Uh-huh. Um, they, we worked very close and I think that, that our conversation was definitely like crucial to my growth and we did a couple of collaborative shows. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, having like a close, you know, and then, and then, yeah. And then eventually meeting like having other very close artist friends, um, that are supportive, uh, kind of keeps you going because you, cause you get inspired by your friends and then they get inspired by you. Cool. <laughs> and then you yeah. yeah. I love that you just literally, you know, like you were saying that you had never been to Germany and you just, you know, just did it. You just kind of went for it and did it. And you ended up being there for seven years. I think that's really that I get, I feel like that shows like who you are as a person, just kind of, um, you know, going out there and, and, you know, working hard to, you know, do what you're doing and, and, um, and to be successful at it. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've partied a lot too. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have to party a little bit. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I love art. Oh. They have amazing museums in Berlin. Amazing, amazing paintings there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so cool. How uh, how difficult was it for you? I I, well, I don't know if it was difficult, but was it difficult for you to learn the language and um, adapting, obviously, to your new environment? Yeah, totally. And I, I don't think I ever fully like did, which is probably the reason why I wanted to move and like and and like just come to a place where like I can file my own taxes or like read my own taxes. Cause even, you know, like even, like, even if you're able to like have a cup, like German is just, it's really complicated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I learned the most, like I did, I did study it. I took like um, about six months of it. I took like three months of it before I moved like the three months before I decided but then and I remember getting like getting out of the plane and being like oh wow I don't understand anything wow. <laughs> uh, um but then I think the best thing was like work experiences just jobs like I worked at a desk and then like having to you know just like having to speak German or like having to like rent a house or having to go do an interview and sometimes it takes you like five more days because you keep putting it off because you're like makes at least me it made me anxious like the you know you'd be like I, I won't go to the like um post office today I'll go tomorrow because today I'm feeling a little vulnerable and I don't, oh, I don't really want to try my German no absolutely <laughs> because I'm sure I'm sure simple tasks like you were saying going to the post office it, it does take you know longer because of you know the language barrier uh than it would any normal day or doing your taxes or something like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or like getting an apartment or, you know, cause you have to have like credit history or yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like to get it. What was it? The first one is like to get a phone number to be able to get a phone number. To, you need to be registered in the city as a, as a resident of the city. But in order to be a resident of the city, you have to have a telephone number. You have to, no, oh you have to, <laughs> so it's just, like, weird, like, I remember, I mean, it's probably different now, but I remember going to, like, four different, like, you know, just trying, trying clerks out to see who will be, like, nicer to you or something, yeah. see who, like, <laughs> oh so, love, yeah. Oh <laughs> and then, um saw you had a solo show at a gallery in berlin how did that go yeah i had a show at a gallery stadium that's run by this chilean gallerist juan juan paulo larain he's awesome and uh his friend stephanie sprints and steffi is german mm-hmm. um and that was that was really nice um I think 
feels affirming to know that like you can do it. <laughs> and like, um, I, I was happy with the way it came out. I asked my friend to write a press release and she wrote a really good text that I traded her a painting for. <laughs> nice. Um, and so that was, that was like exciting for me to, to, to think about the exhibition as a, as some, as, as a, something like larger structurally um, that can like be kind of framed with a text and a title and stuff. As it is the case with a lot of people's work, um, I, I'm thinking a lot about adjacency. So it's important to me, like it, it makes a big difference when there's more of my paintings than when there's less um, because the conversation kind of gets like cross pollinated. Um, and so I think, I mean, I think that that's at once challenging because it can be off putting uh, to some people, but I think, um, uh, maybe other people like a slower, I think painting just requires a slower read. And, um, I think a lot of the paintings were actually still on the canvas, right? At that point. Oh yeah. <laughs> or the stretcher bars, they mean. They were all, they were all stretched on really thin stretcher bars. I was really trying to get, um, as thin as I possibly could without using the aluminum one. So still doing wood. Uh, but then once you start going big with those, they warp really easily. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of, those were like the biggest scale of like, I think they were like three quarters of an inch thick uh, bars. So, cause I wanted them to be really thin and really, really close to the wall. Which was a really interesting thing that that was really, I remember in like 2011 or whatever, being really shocked because in the States, I used to love the really, really thick stretcher bars. And at RISD, it was all about like showing how your painting is a painting because Kant and like, and, and, you know, and then slowly kind of like being like, wait, no, I, I'm interested actually in confusing whether this is an image or this is a picture or this is like, I'm not interested in hiding the illusion or, or in, yeah, of painting. Yeah. So I remember, uh, getting thin bars and then what the, I think the difference was those, <laughs> those <laughs> I remember it vividly. Um, <laughs> and, and those paintings, let's see, those were really somewhere I think like playing around with the ground. So they had different sorts of grounds and sizes. So some were stained while others were like sealed and then painted quickly on top. So the paint is really like alive feeling. It's really juicy. Um, And then in that show, I made a painting that was a painting of a wall that was in my studio that was... It was a particular like brick wall, like the studio was an old East German laundry, industrial laundry hall, which is really long, like hall. And then it got partitioned into studios and there was this drippy, drippy wall that was just painted over white. So it was the cement bricks and, and this chunky applied like goopy glue. Uh, and then I would hang my paintings on it obviously Mm -hmm. and people would come and tell me like that's such a nice wall (laughs) 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 like during a studio visit i'd be like oh my god (laughs) so i made a painting of the wall yeah i made a painting of the wall uh and it was really it's so funny because it's really juicy so like the whole play on on paint mimicking itself being itself being it's like support and it's uh, like the alchemy, I guess. How did your work change when you started grad school? Like, I know, like, sort of the first year, you kind of, it's like kind of a crash course, or they like, or how did people react to your work? Or did you have to change your work right away to critiques or something? Or I've tried, I've tried some stuff out. I think that that's also what grad school is about. So you can try stuff on people and see if it works or not. <laughs> so, so that's what I mean. Like that's the swamp when you're just like, how about that? How about that? How about that? How about that? It's taught me how to be a lot more articulate and 
Um, I took a really nice art history class last semester um, about materials and their meaning in ancient Americas. So it was all about like rocks and feathers and um, different ways of conveying like aesthetic, aesthetic meaning and histories. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it was really nice. And and also like there it's really intense cuz you have to write papers and stuff, which I hadn't done in a while. So now I'm like, yeah, I can write a paper. So I don't know if like my how I'm not sure how my art has changed, but if you give me a deadline, I can write you an essay about it. <laughs> 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 no, definitely more clear. Definitely more clarity. I tried I was working on I was really trying to work on some landscape in the fall as some kind of way to own um to to find what my relation like relationship to landscape is rather than like a terribly colonial horrible genre beautiful genre <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm still trying it out but i guess i'm trying it out in different ways i guess i i did one like critique where i showed like eight styles of different landscapes <laughs> uh and some were good some weren't uh in general there's like more things i want to talk about than just that maybe i've also learned how to manage uh what i was saying about the proximity of the voice um and the kind of aliveness or freshness of the painting versus removed hand painting can you, I mean, I, I didn't go to art school, so I, I think I understand what you're saying about that. But can you explain it a little more? Or, or Matthew, maybe you can also chime in because you, you know that stuff. Say the difference between, okay, say you grab a crayon and you drag it through construction paper, right? And, mm. and that's really direct and it reads as direct. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you're looking at, at that artwork, you know that someone like, you know how someone did it. Someone grabbed a piece of crayon and dragged it. Um, if someone grabs that drawing and photocopies it and then like cuts out the line and pastes it next to the other line, um, then because of the technical mediation that has gone into it, there's there's different layers and distance of things that happen to the mark so that it becomes less about the person who made it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. It's like a networked history. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. And then you're able to reference like in and out. Thank you for explaining that because I, I had an idea of what it meant. So you're going back to the studio early next month. Um, do you like have, have any ideas of where you're going to start your thesis on? I want to try some, you know, some installation stuff I have at oh. home. These, um, you know, these like full spectrum LED bulbs that have you seen those that you like get an app on your phone and you can get any color oh, on okay. your LED bulb. Yeah, I think I've heard of those. It's a magical house housewarming gift that <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't been able. I haven't been able to. For some reason, the the really really white fluorescence of the Yale building like really bothers me. So I've been trying. Like I, I put some gels on the low. Like there's two different kinds of lighting. I think you guys saw that. No, do you remember yeah, the I do. I do gels remember. on red and. Yeah, so that's been nice about working at home, actually. I forgot about that, that I can work in, like, really freaky colors. Like, sometimes I'll turn the light red, and so I'm working, but I'm not exactly sure what color I'm – how what the colors actually look like. Mm -hmm. uh, or other times I'm – that also happens, like, if I'm projecting and it's dark, I can, like, turn the light on, like, a little bit of a weird color or something. Or these times that I've been doing the halftone stuff that's really hard to see, uh, having like a, a black light has been really helpful because then the paper, the, the contrast really activates. So I took some photographs because I did have like critiques and studio visits at the end of the spring and, and we had like online final reviews and stuff. So I did 
uh, take photographs and a lot of the photographs were under specific light conditions. So I really want to figure that out in the studios, but the, it's like a technical thing that there's a Yale Wi-Fi, Yale, like personal Wi-Fi that I can't, um, connect this bulb to their Wi-Fi. So maybe I have to get my own router and try to do it that way but so so more like installation related stuff I have these long paintings that I'm looking forward to see how they how they go and then there's these also two-sided ones I tried also the more like hangy hangy dangling stuff hangy dangling like just uh fabric painting Uh, like with folds that come out of, I guess they're a little bit more sculptural. Um, so I'm excited to mess around with, with that kind of stuff. Sounds awesome. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> cool. Uh, so it has been like about an hour, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for, um, for wanting to talk to me. Oh my God. Yes. Oh, Thank you course. for making the time. And- <laughs> um, I'm really, you know, I think, you know, having obviously doing the studio visit with you earlier this year and then, you know, hearing you talk about it and and kind of uh, also a few things that um, I did learn a little bit about when I had met you at at your studio and and then kind of hearing it again, that has like really helped me to um, understand, you know, where you're coming from as an artist. Yeah, thank you. Um, (laughs) I'm glad. No, I'm glad. Because I know like... I mean, I know that I had a really good visit with uh, Juliana Huxtable in the spring. I think like the same, that same weekend that I had a visit with you guys. Oh, oh yeah, uh, I do remember, remember that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and I was, and I, and she like gave me really good advice because I was like, I'm like, this is, I'm being stubborn and I'm being complicated, but like I'm, but she was like, no, but that's like good. You're doing it on purpose or something, or it was like encouraging, encouraging of of the attempt to build something that's like complex uh and that is like long kind of long-term um and complicated and not like shying away from complications and contradictions okay. uh, which makes obviously the work like harder to make or like maybe not super interesting to some people but hey <laughs> <laughs> definitely i don't know matthew do you have any more questions or is there anything else um yeah i mean sort of talking about that like generally i'm sort um trying to figure out how to phrase this like obviously you love painting so i'm sort of interested (laughs) in like the work that we saw you know and how you're describing it like you know trying to disrupt the this sort of tradition or especially like like a colonial past of like a painting landscape as well. Um, yeah. And then sort of like usurping that and kind of, you know, going against the system that way. Sort of like yeah. interested in like, what do you say then you're sort of, I mean, maybe making like these sort of like anti-paintings, even though they are like about the act of painting or like, going about a different way or I guess how would you like describe sure, them? anti-everything. <laughs> yeah. um, Amen. I, I, well, no, I think, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I think everything's, it's, it's like everything's so complicated and entangled. Like the reason I got into landscape painting uh, last, well, there's, there's a very specific tradition of landscape painting in Costa Rica that um, developed after colonization, so like in the 1600s, um, painting, uh, landscape painting. Well, it was first it was used like as a, as like a colonial tool to like bring back paintings of like what you'd seen and stuff and like what your riches were. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then because there was uh, immigration, like the founder or, or one of the founding like fathers of the fine arts school in Costa Rica in like the 18th century was a German romantic painter or no the night so the 19th century sorry yeah Mm -hmm. um and and so like 
then like it was interesting for me to connect those dots that like <laughs> you know that it's it's just like funny that some german romantic painter is like now teaching like the costa ricans how to keep representing that and then i mean and then it gets involved then it gets like entangled also with with religion and countryside um so I don't know. I, I, I mean, it's, it, it also, I feel kind of like a poser say it's all anti because if you look at it, it probably just looks like regular old painting, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that that's why the history is important to me because it, it because it's something that tethers that that's always like that I can come back to uh in that way even if if it even if it's because i want to like explore it or unsettle it or disturb it so you you like would still want to be in the conversation of painting even though maybe like from the outsider outside perspective it might not look like you know your traditional rectangular image yeah i mean you know i'm at yale school of art who am i kidding (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like yeah i mean yeah like you know like uh like obviously there's a point where you just devote so much time and energy to a discipline that like i can't deny that that i also love so much of that painting history you know mm-hmm. right so I, it's not all anti it's more like being able to i think it's, i i think about it as being able to like hold hold several things in your mind at once and like just hold them together and look at those relationships and then like switch them around and just having things be very unstable in order to in order to like question i think the like norms that makes sense or no (laughs) oh yeah it does yeah i just um yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I'm like in a painting conversation or no. I also like haven't lived in the states for a while, so I don't know like what the painting conversation is here. It's probably really specific, uh, or like in New York. Um, oh yeah, it's. I mean, you know, it shifts. Um, for a while, it was like that funny term, like zombie abstraction, and then it oh, went, true, true, zombie formalism. Yeah, and then it went back to like figuration and. So now it's kind of like narrative identity politics mm-hmm. with painting still. Um, it's still figurative, I guess. I mean, I don't... So it seems like some of the abstract work you don't see as much of. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was just talking like generally, you know, not just like kind yeah. of what's happening now. But whether it was like you're trying to like make paintings in this system and like try to like rewrite the story or like generally just trying to like undo what painting is just kind of you know you know figuring out you know where where i don't think yeah i don't think i'm trying to make like any any kind of uh conclusive statement that's 100 percent for sure and i think as far as like the system or not the system or i also read uh the the fred moten stefano harney under commons have you guys read that Highly recommend it. Um, no. They talk a lot about complicity, and it's better in their words. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> kind of like owning complicity in, in, in order to be able to participate, mm-hmm. like within the, for example, they, they talk about the university because they're academics. So, uh, but I think it's kind of the same, the same idea of how to, of how to work within an institution and still be able to like, cause there's still a lot of like dreaming and building to do, <laughs> you know, especially now. So, it's not, so I don't think like rejecting everything, even though I love rejecting. <laughs> 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 even though I lo- no, I love making like conclusive statements <laughs> like that. No, but, 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 it, but it's, yeah, but I think simultaneity is uh, like key for me in that because it doesn't exclude like it, it's able to fit things and, and, uh, and, and be less like, uh, have more options rather than binaries. Well, thank you so much, Tom. And I really, we really appreciate it. And again, like, you know, thank you for taking time out of your day. 
Oh, thank you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Will you share with me before you publish? Well, thanks, guys. Oh, I, I didn't ask. I didn't ask about the Tweety. How's the Tweety oh doing? Oh my god, we framed it. <laughs> yeah, I gotta send a, cool. a picture. Yeah, we got a blue frame. That's cool. That was yeah. I was feeling. I think the week that I made that, I was, was like, just I, I felt entirely like despondent. <laughs> just totally like nothing matters. I'm gonna paint Looney Tunes, <laughs> but it worked. It worked. It worked. <laughs> no, we love it. We love it. Thank you so I'm much. Glad. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, cool. So okay. have a have a great day. Have a good great weekend. Um Yeah, and, you too. And we'll keep in touch. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. All right. Have a nice afternoon, guys. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.